<laughs> we should just press glow and go press glow. Oh, you know I'm tired. <laughs> glow. That's a good I'm show tired. on Netflix. It's a what? Glow? It's a, yeah, Netflix. Oh, I never watched it. Oh, you like wrestling, don't you? Yeah. Oh, actually, I'll talk yeah. to TJ about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, you're all like, oh, well, yeah, all best buddies now because you're talking about wrestling <laughs> and shit. Fine. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what, though, did you see okay. that? Did you see the um, Castle Freak trailer he posted today? Oh, I did, yeah. The remake one. It looks okay. It looks okay, yeah. That's it. Right. <laughs> I don't, is it, I know, what's it, Barbara Crampton produced it. I'm not sure if she's in it. I don't know. Maybe she appears yeah. at the end like as someone's mum. I literally heard they were doing one, and then that's, I saw the trailer today, and that was it. That's all I really... It doesn't, it doesn't need a remake or anything, so I didn't really... No, but I did like... You know what? I, I like the satanic stuff, and I did like the fact that there were lots of people with robes and stuff at the end, so I'm figuring yeah. there's obviously going to be some sort of cult or something that's, uh, mm. you know, part of whatever this monster is. Yeah. Which could be interesting. I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall I do the intro? Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ghoulies Unflushed. Uh, this week we will be discussing the TV version of Ghoulies uh, with Very the host exciting. of Psycho Cinema, Faye Guerra. Uh, but first, the news. What news have we got this week? Uh, well, I've got a couple of exciting things, actually, from me. Um, so, first of all, the oh. there was an auction <laughs> online. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I, just took a, I just took a sip of tea and it was stone cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's good news. I apologise, Paul. That's bad news. That's news. It is bad news. <laughs> you go well, for it. Go for it. So, first of all, uh, there was an extremely exciting auction, which is now finished. Uh, finished on the 13th of November. Um, I quite consider it almost a holy grail of Ghoulies. Um, so this was for the toilet from Ghoulies Go to College and also a, a fish Ghoulie from Ghoulies Go to College. So two incredible items uh, bundled as one auction. Um, so in the past, we, we noticed this before, didn't we, Graham? We saw it on an auction before after it had finished. Uh, oh, this yeah. time we we saw it was happening. Um, unfortunately, it, it's very expensive, uh, even more expensive if you don't live in America. Um, but yeah, the auction did finish on the thirteenth of November, and Fish Gooley and his toilet sold for two thousand two hundred and fifty US dollars, uh, which sounds fairly reasonable for what you're getting but then you've got to figure out all the costs involved so i believe there's a 28 percent selling fee or auction fee going on top of that and that's not yeah. even including shipping and probably taxes and everything else like that so just with the fee i think that would have taken up to three thousand really just the fee so yeah. for you and i probably at least four thousand wouldn't it if one of us had bought it 
but we haven't oh, yeah. bought it. I thought you were going to say, for you and I, we wouldn't be able to pay that because we're both poor. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, credit cards are a thing. No, it's there. That's true. <laughs> it's an option, yes. but yeah. So, so are wives. <laughs> I, I do hope that someone who's listened to this podcast has bought it. And please, please, please share, share it with us on uh, the Unflushed Facebook page. Yeah, no yeah, one, no do, one we could do a whole episode on, on it. I'd, I'd do an episode on it, wouldn't you? If if we could Ooh. find the uh, the buyer. Yeah, I want to. I want to know what it smells like. Yeah, what the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I sniff everything. I, I love the smell <laughs> yeah. of new books. And okay, you give me something, I'll sniff it, mate. <laughs> yeah, because you know, does that toilet flush? We, you know, I said that before, but does that toilet really flush? You know what was ironic? No, it doesn't. You know what's ironic, though? Um, How do you know? Uh, which is our following episode in a fortnight. But we were actually talking with Evan McKenzie yes. when that ended. Yes. Which was a... How crazy timing was that? Yeah. Very, very spooky. I'm hoping he bought spooky. it whilst he was on the phone to us. <laughs> wow, that would be incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, that was big news. Big news, I think. Um, also big news. Uh, today... Um, Phil Fondacaro is doing an online uh, signing session and like a virtual convention. So if you listen to this, it's probably too late, but still cool nonetheless. Uh, FullEmpirePromotions.com. Because of the world we're in at the moment, uh, they are doing like virtual cons. So you can get yourself a five-minute Zoom session with Phil Um which is $65. Uh, you can get like a video greeting, I guess something similar to Cameo, uh, $55. And you could even have sent in your own item for Phil to sign for $45. Um, I was extremely tempted to do that, but I kind of missed the boat. Uh, also, I'm though? a bit precious. Uh, yeah, sorry. Have you missed the boat? I mean, I'd imagine they'd probably take this stuff up to and even after uh, the you know the today twenty eighth of November. Yeah, I don't think it says on there the signing session takes place after his video sessions, so it's on it's on today's uh, date. So plus also I'm a little bit precious of my troll poster, which is what mm-hmm. I would like him to sign. So the thought of me sending that across the shores, and then it coming back again. I don't know. Well, to think about that. Uh, like, yeah. But saying that, mean, well, go on. Yeah. I was going to say, but saying that, you don't have to send in your own item. There's a big old list of stuff that Phil would sign, uh, including mm. a troll poster print, uh, several troll poster prints of different art uh, and Ooh. screens from the film, as well as other stuff. He's obviously, you've got Willow, Land of the Dead on there, Return of the Jedi. Mm. But obviously for us, it would be all about Goody's 2. But yeah, it's a cool. It's cool. I kind of wish I didn't miss the boat, but I've still got this faint hope that He'll do a convention that I'll actually be able to get to in the future, but we'll see. I hope so. I actually, yeah. I got kind of lucky because when I spoke to him, um, I, I afterwards I said, "Oh, thank you so much for for you know for speaking with me and being involved in the project." And uh, I said, "Oh, can I, can you send me a signed picky? <laughs> just send me something. Would you send me something? You know, just to be even yeah. asked for even more stuff." And he very uh, uh, generously said, "Yeah, of course, no problem." And no before way. he sent this stuff, he says, "Oh, oh, how old are your kids?" Yeah. And I said, "Oh, so and so, whatever." This was a couple of years ago now, a few years ago. And uh, when he eventually, uh, when they actually arrived, I think he sent me like a dozen pictures. You know, he sent some for the kids. He sent some for mm-hmm. me. He sent some. You know, the whole family. Just he was so uh, generous with his um. Time and I think he sold them. He sent them twice too because the first lot disappeared. 
<laughs> and then that, I, that, that I, I backs up my worry about sending my poster. I know, and I've never had anything disappear. It's, I think that's probably the only thing it's ever done. That was towards me. And then yeah. um, I said, I sort of gingerly said, Phil, I, I didn't ever receive anything, did you? Did you? And he's like, oh, fuck, yes, I did send them. He must have got lost. I'll send you another bunch. So he did it twice for me. That's how yeah. amazing, that's how amazing he is. And then when I, um, it was very bizarrely, when I sent a copy of like the, we'll call it the fanzine um, mm-hmm. originally, I sent him a copy and that got lost. <laughs> Then I had to send him another copy. So this whether or not why. there's this like this weird twos thing going on here, you make me feel a bit better now about not sending in my uh, movie poster. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Honestly, that's never happened to me. I don't. I, I think I can probably count the amount of things I've lost on one hand in sort of thirty years. You know. Mm. I've had it on eBay before, but more than likely it could be a scammer at the other end. But who knows? I always find that. Yeah, it normally is. God bless PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> God bless PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah uh so we're doing that the was... tv version tonight yeah I, I, you're kind of underselling it i mean you say tv version i mean this is an extended version um which we'd certainly never ever seen before um i mean we're going to talk about some scenes aren't we that i've never seen mentioned online anywhere no so we had no extremely idea. Oh. exciting you say that there is one scene that we did expect, and that was the scene between Wolfgang and Jonathan, which reportedly uh, at the graveside. Exactly. So, and uh, I remember there was a guy on Facebook um, messaged me once and said, "Hey, do you do you ever do you know about this scene?" And I said, "Oh, well, I think it's this one." And I sent him a, a, a still. Yeah. That Luca had kind of confirmed that there was a conversation that went on next to the grave, but that was night. The, the still was from a night scene. And this guy was like, I'm sure I've seen it on TV and it was in the daytime. And he mm-hmm. was right. And oh God, I've, I've forgotten the guy's name. He's probably someone who now is part of the group and is very, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very in, you know, he's probably part of everything, but I can't remember who, who sent the message. But yeah, he, he, he swore blind that it was actually in the daylight and he was right. Although it yeah. wasn't at the graveside, but, um, yeah, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, Incredible. although I think we did speak a little bit about it with with Faye this is a pre-recorded little bit <laughs> which we do after <laughs> the interview but um it was a weird experience to sit down and see like 30 was it 13 minutes of extra footage yeah you told you know, it all throughout up. yeah yeah it was a Amazing. very good experience though very good experiences we didn't neither of us knew what to expect did we so no, and um, unfortunately, I had two power cuts, didn't I, halfway through? Yeah. So I kept having so yeah, to Paul, pausing. stop it, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, that probably doesn't make sense. Uh, Paul and I both got copies, and we started them at the same time, so we could literally sit there and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, experience it together. Yes. <laughs> but uh, there was a <laughs> And storm. what a night it was. It was a Friday night. I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, I was. I kept running upstairs to like, tell uh, my wife who was upstairs at the time because she had no interest in watching it. Yeah, <laughs> there's another bit. There's another bit. You know, <laughs> it, it reminds yeah. me of. Um, I remember when I watched. Did you watch? You, you, yeah, you should probably did. Did you watch Ghost Watch? To go completely oh, yes. off subject. Oh, I, I, okay, I even well, did a review for it online. I oh, okay, wonderful. Okay, so that. did you? You watched it live, yeah? Yes, with my sister. Okay, as did I, mm-hmm. and uh, I was well, watching. You, you watched it, in my it with room my sister and... as well. I don't remember you being in the same room. <laughs> I was, I was, Maybe you were pipes behind party. the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit, I'll go, meow. Yeah. Um, 
I was I was in my room watching, and I got to the point. I got to the point where I don't know which was Suzanne. Is it Suzanne's the older sister? Was between the two chairs with all the scratched up face and like yeah. talk, you know, possessed. And I literally mm-hmm. ran into the my parent the, the the you know the lounge, and I was like, yeah. I cannot believe. Are you watching this? This is this is insane. You've got to watch this. Yeah. And uh, they were like, No, of course not. We're watching whatever crap was on the other channel. Yeah, and uh, it <laughs> felt watching Ghoulies felt like that. It was like I was experienced something that yeah. I'd never thought I'd see on a TV set in front of me. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my yeah, it's big it's analogy. Huge. If you're a, if you're a Ghoulies fan, this is huge. Yes, so uh, yeah, definitely. So we sent uh, we sent a copy across to Faye Guerra, and uh, knowing that she is a huge fan herself. Which is half of That's the reason it. why I uh, discovered her on social media and, and uh, immediately followed her. And yeah. uh, we sat down and had a good chat about it, didn't we? Definitely. We did. And you did the best impression of Wolfgang <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that comes out okay. <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> as we talk through, obviously, we talk through scene by scene all the extra stuff. So, yeah, it just came out. Shall we do it? Let's do this. Hello. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. How are you? You sound really good. <laughs> good, because I never use Skype, so I wasn't 100% sure if I was even going to do this correctly. I think I only set it up one time because someone else needed to speak to me specifically via Skype. And I was like, well, shit, I hope I know how to get this on my computer. So <laughs> apparently it works. It works. Well, last week we spoke to Scott Thompson and we just, we, we literally looked at his ear for an hour <laughs> because uh, he had the camera on. So uh, oh, you can't no. do any worse than that. <laughs> you can't see me, can you? No, no, we can't see you. It's just, a, it's just an audience. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not in your pajamas. You're at work. So that's okay. I am at work, but it's still, it's, we don't, um, we are still very much um, uh, in pandemic mode. So mm. we are working in our offices, but we aren't seeing the public. Um, uh. So there is a very fine line between, um, yes, I am at work and am I dressed for work? <laughs> so I still wouldn't want you to see me. <laughs> okay. So with Psycho Cinema, you not only created a, a genre a film group, but a kind of a community, really. Um, so when you have shown Ghoulies, what kind of reaction do you get from those being introduced to the film for the first time? So um, Psycho Cinema started about six years ago, and it's um, we are located about, I don't know, an hour and a hour-ish uh, outside of D.C., but we're a relatively rural community, and uh, trying to get kind of a group like this was a bit of a a risk, just unsure if there were going to be enough people interested in genre films, or if it was literally going to be me and like my five closest friends at the movie theater, just watching the bullshit that I made them watch, you know, trauma films or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Ghoulies was always on my list to bring as quickly as I could possibly get it once Psycho Cinema started because it is my favorite film of all time. And it is a bit of an inside joke between myself and the the group because I talk about it so much. And there really have been a lot of people that just think it's a Gremlins knockoff. They 
kind of group it in with something like hobgoblins or munchies or something like that. So mm. I had shown ghoulies three times and each time more people come out because there's such a momentum of, you know, my excitement is always so big around these, these screenings. So people get it. They finally understand, oh, it's not a gremlins knockoff. I try and give them the history of the film a little bit so that they know it's not because of, of gremlins that it exists. And they understand why I love it, why it's so fun. Um, and it's exciting. If, if nothing else had ever come of psychocinema, just being able to see ghoulies in a theater with people that hadn't yet seen it was like my crowning achievement, at least, you know, for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's nothing better than watching someone watch a movie you love, and uh, especially on a big screen. As long as they yes. like it. Yeah. Well, like even it. if they <laughs> don't, because I'm relatively aggressive and passionate. So yeah. if they don't, like that's cool. We can we can battle this out as to why you're wrong about me. I mean, that's fine <laughs> too. <laughs> kind of break my heart a little bit, I think, if I am. Uh, <laughs> really excited to show someone a film and they hated it or they just didn't enjoy it. That is really upsetting. That I think that's really upsetting. But for a film like Ghoulies, I don't think it bothers me quite as much. If the movie is something, this is going to sound terrible, but truly beautiful, like really sophisticated and something that touches you on some emotional level and another person thinks it's a garbage fire, that that's mm -hmm. a bummer. If someone says, you know what, Ghoulies sucks, I, I'm okay with that because in a way it does, but that's part of its joy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, no, I totally understand. So so how did you uh, first discover Ghoulies through childhood? Yes. Yes. Um, I have an uncle who is only um, about seven years older than me. So a lot of the films that I love now, he exposed me to when I was probably way too young to see them. Uh, and Ghoulies was one of those films. I don't even remember a time when I didn't know what Ghoulies was. So I wish I had like a better exposure story, but it's just <laughs> kind of always been there. Um, and it's always been something I truly loved. I, I don't know if I love tiny, um, nasty creature movies just as part of my DNA, or if I love them because Ghoulies was a film I loved at such a young age that it made that path uh, for me. I just, I've mm. always loved it. It's always been something, those little creatures, those little beasties, um, like just spark joy for me. I love them. Well, it's funny you kind of mention it as kind of a, a, a good, bad movie. Because um, I don't know what you'd call this. So when you do your screenings at Psycho Cinema, and I think you did the last one early this year for the 35th anniversary, yeah? Yes. Mm -hmm. What's that? You know, when you kind of like have a big kind of uh, like a, a title card on the screen and you take a picture of, of, of everyone who's all the audience in front of it. Yes. What do you call that that title card? Is there a name for that? For the, the picture that's on the screen? Yeah. Uh, we call it a backdrop. Okay, so that backdrop you had, at least in the last showing that you had, um, was of Jonathan and Becky from the end of the movie. Yes. Now, uh, it's the kind of shot I would post on social media and get no likes <laughs> because because people want to see the ghoulies and that's it, you know. You seem to love this movie as a whole as opposed to, uh, for want of a better term, the money shots. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. From, from start to finish, from, um, to Wolfgang to greedy gut. Yeah. All of it. So, um, so when you sat down with this, uh, extended version, um, yes. what were you expecting to say? I know I'd probably posted some crap online that you might have, uh, scrolled past but did you was there anything specific that you wanted to see with it um I didn't really have much expectation only because when you hear extended cut it can be anything from you know a scene that you're familiar with having three more seconds of someone making expression or it can Mm -hmm. be something that's you've never seen before I was really excited with this that it was a combination of those things there were um, extended moments, but then there were actual scenes that kind of fleshed out Wolfgang. I thought that was awesome. Um, and you know, her protection necklace, like we get to see him kind of find and forge it. I was not expecting to Mm -hmm. have, uh, that kind of more detail added. I thought it was going to probably be more along the lines of just, you know, extended face biting or something like that. <laughs> well, we're still hoping that we discover that at some point. To be honest. <laughs> that we are. Yes. So, okay. What's the best way to do this? Should we just kind of, I mean, I've got a list and I think Jonathan's got a list. Jonathan, Jonathan. Oh, I'm calling you Don- Jonathan. I'm on it. Okay. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so shall we just go through the list and sit, you know, kind of like pick apart what we liked and what we didn't like? Yeah, that's fine by me. Okay. Well, you, you said you said that you kind of half expected something near the beginning of the movie. Uh, were you disappointed to not not see the um the chest bursting? Maybe, maybe, maybe so. But I think that having something like that would probably have have caused there to be a change in the rating. So it wasn't exactly a surprise. It would have been awesome to see it. It would be great if there was a ghoulies gore cut that existed somewhere. Um, but I'm not really expecting to see that. Well, that, that was the that was the difference because, I mean, although uh, you probably had an inkling as what you were going to see, uh, Paul and I, did you do you know how we found this tape? <laughs> no, and we need to talk about some of those commercials because those took me <laughs> way back. <laughs> like I don't know if, if it would affect you guys the same way because I can't imagine that you have that incredibly dramatic Nestle chocolate bar commercial back where you are. But for me, like I was seven years old watching that again. It was crazy to see those commercials. Oh wow! No, I didn't. I didn't notice a huge. I, there was a there was a lot of feminine hygiene products yeah. mentioned. Uh, Very throughout. odd. Yeah, I, that was a weird. Why would they market that? I don't know. Weird. <laughs> So, so, so Paul and I found this on uh, eBay and oh. I got a message from a guy through Instagram. who said, Hey, uh, there's a TV cut on eBay. And, um, it just said Ghoulies censored TV version. So we assumed, you know, wrongly, obviously, but we assumed that this was going to be the regular theatrical version and possibly, um, contained the scene between Jonathan and Wolfgang at the graveside because we'd heard that does exist. Yeah. Okay. So when this stuff started popping up, you know, uh, it was, I don't think we ever expected to see as much as there was, but That's there hilarious. was that little inkling at the beginning where you go, ah, oh, I, I kind of wanted to see the gory heart burst, but yeah. you know, that, that wasn't 
didn't expect that in the slightest. So when we saw, uh, I think the in the film, uh, which, which is just an extended scene where Jonathan is investigating the basement and uh, he's looking through his father's yeah. chest and he takes out a ceremonial dagger to inspect. Yeah. Oh, when you, yeah, did you? So do, do, I tend to do this thing where if I'm watching a movie where I'm told it could be an uncut version, I watch it in a slightly different way where I kind of think, was that new? Was that new? Mm -hmm. Because you're not viewing it as you normally view it. <laughs> yes. <just> me? No, <laughs> no. There, especially with the chest burst, when you know, you start to see, like, um, I guess the breaching of her chest or the splitting, it took me a moment mm. to think, is that is that usually how much, like, we see that split? Is it going to go further? Um, I definitely had a moment of, you know, shit, I know this movie backwards and forwards, but is that a new scene? <laughs> Yeah. So I get it. And plus the fact you're watching it in a different aspect ratio probably than usual, and it's you know a little bit grainier and a little bit bad quality. You you're kind of trying to pick out things that you don't usually see, I guess. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> so the first big scene we have, and I've not written down actually where they occur, I've just written down the length of them, but it's a 61 second scene. Um and instead of cutting uh, straight to the table where Becky says, I've been thinking about having a party, uh, we join her in an upstairs room doing some dusting, uh, forcing open a dusty chest and discovering a dead rat. Now, this was the first time I got really excited. Like because if rats. we didn't even get more than this, I'd have been happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That was, um, that was cool to see because it was an actual scene that I've never noticed before. And yeah. I was actually watching it on my laptop at home the first time I, I went through this after you sent it to me. And um, I do know the film so well that there, you know, I don't have to really watch it. Like I was kind of doing some other things in my house. <laughs> and then I, I heard like the change and I knew that that was not something I recognized. And that was really, that was really cool. I don't know that um, that scene really necessarily added any value to the story, but it was still cool to discover something new. It also made me question how long that mouse had been in there because he would have <laughs> decayed significantly if it had been in there since his dad died. But that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that didn't really think. Well, it, I think I think the fact that the the, the picture was so grainy, it, they probably did have a bit of um uh, rottingness to it, but uh, <laughs> you couldn't really tell how much. No. Well, I need these details. <laughs> we made oh, yeah. the link to the scratch and sniff, sniff didn't we, on that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We thought yeah. maybe this this could have been the first scene where you'd have had to have scratched the card if, if they'd gone ahead of all the uh, the tricks and the novelties when the film's first going to be released. Oh, yeah. Which makes so much sense. And the funny yeah. thing, and the, again, it's a little thing, but the fact that Rebecca says, you know, if there's any more rats, you know, before he disappears in the basement. Yeah. It's just a little throwback to that. And I know it doesn't, it's not very clever or anything, but it's just for, for someone who take, knows, like, like you, Faye and Paul, these movies, yeah. like the back of your hand, to just get that little, oh, that's what she meant, because that was setting up the next scene, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, yes. it's simple, but God, I love it. Yes. <laughs> it adds a little bit more depth, and that's always cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all of these do. I mean, so uh, a lot of this stuff is, is down to Wolfgang, really. And uh, the next the next scene that pops up is uh, after the first ritual has ended and Rat Ghouli has been conjured, Wolfgang comes to the door of his shack and screams. 
No. <laughs> that was really a good impression. <laughs> it was spot on. It, it, it's 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 half funny and half like amazing at the same time, right? It's very over the top. Yes. <laughs> and and again, like I understand why they probably cut that because I'm not sure that it adds value. But again, um, something that's always kind of haunted me, and it is a question that people ask me after they've watched Ghoulies and know that I love it so much, is why does Wolfgang seem like he's so important? And then we maybe see him for the littlest bit, you know, not a quarter of the way through the film. And then he saves the day at the end. So, um, why is he, where does he go? He lives in a shack, but he never hangs out. Like he never does anything. So I, it doesn't add value, but at the same time, it's a character that seems like he should be so important. So having him show up there, even to just do that, um, guttural moan, it, it means something for the character. He should be more present. Oh, totally. And I think that is one of the biggest issues people have with the movie. And it's, it's warranted, mm-hmm. you know. Why cut Why cut this stuff out when it's a very short movie in the first place? Yes. Yes. And it's Jack It's it's Jack Nance. Why wouldn't you utilize him and show him more anyway? He has, you know, it's Jack Nance. Oh, exactly. Uh, what's up next? Okay, so after Robin goes missing and before Jonathan and Dick find her at Malcolm's graveside, we see her twirling her hair for longer <laughs> and smiling at two, two rat ghoulies. Yeah. And that's a good 40 seconds. And I think <laughs> I'm not sure whether or not they've dubbed the ghoulies specifically for the TV cut because they do sound a little bit uh, different. They definitely right? sounded different. <laughs> sounds like human voices, doesn't it? Like yeah. Human groaning. <laughs> This is probably my, like, probably my like, favorite scene, my favorite attitude, <laughs> definitely for me. Oh, really? It's yeah. like, you know when they, they censor a movie for TV and they put in silly words yeah. instead of, yes. like, yeah? yeah? It kind of felt like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, It was. yeah, definitely. It was like an old man growling and groaning. Yes. <laughs> it it sounded like scene. Wolfgang. Like, it, yeah. it was just more <laughs> Wolfgang grunts. <laughs> I will tell you, though, that was cool to me to see that because if I existed as a character in this movie, that is 100% what you would find me doing all the time. <laughs> it's just wistfully looking off towards the ghoulies while twirling my hair. 100% <laughs> what I would do. <laughs> okay. So we've got a big one here. Um, Jonathan has breakfast with Becky and tells her he isn't feeling well and he wants to stay home. Then we cut to an establishing shot of the house at night as Jonathan and Becky sleep. Jonathan dreams of standing at the foggy grave in the backyard and jolts awake upon Malcolm springing from the earth. That's uh, a good 92 seconds. Now, does this kind of diminish the effect of Malcolm popping out of the grave later or not? I think maybe if if you're watching it in the way that we are watching it, it it maybe maybe it does because we know that it's coming up. Um, I do think though that it's kind of cool. It makes me feel like there's more of a connection or more of a pull towards Jonathan uh, mm. from you know the the house or the the demonic force of his father or whatever. I like that there is that connection that we see now. But I think if we were watching it for the first time and that moment was in there, we don't know that it's coming. I think watching it when it actually happens, it wouldn't be less impactful. It would be like, oh shit, that's the he dreamed that. So I think that maybe we're seeing it from a different perspective. It wouldn't be mm-hmm. the same way if we saw it for the first time like that. That's true. 
and it is it's another one of those things where people do say so what what's what's uh, Jonathan's motivation for doing this in the first place and you say yeah. well it's because you know he's he's kind of reaching out from beyond the grave and manipulating him that way but it's not it seems obvious to me and it probably seems mm-hmm. obvious to both of you but for some viewers it just doesn't resonate yeah I agree I, I don't think that there's enough established um that moment of, you know, is, is he feeling this way because he finds the book because he randomly walks downstairs and there's a giant Satan statue that (laughs) no one seems to react negatively to, you know, what, what is it that makes him suddenly want to do all these things? So I think that moment of it maybe, you know, being creeping up in his dreams that it's actually affecting him, I kind of could have made a little bit more sense for people if that was there. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, and at the same it time, did sound like it was dubbed over as well, didn't it? Because like it was like a, a a different scream. It sounded like to me anyway, because it was a giant scream, mm. wasn't it, from um from the grave? Mm-hmm. Was it exactly the same shot, or was it? I mean, it looked like it to me, but you know, on a grainy video, it was the same. They did just repeat it from earlier, didn't they? It wasn't an, an alternate take or anything. It didn't I, look I, like it's me. No, it didn't look any different. No. Uh, I don't think it would take. I don't think it takes away from the the bit later on. Not at all. I just it was kind of creepy more than anything, you know, and it kind of made you think, what the hell was that? Or well, if you're watching it for the first time, that's true actually. Yeah, yeah. But, um, it, it was so, the, it was the it was um, the actor as well, wasn't it? It wasn't the actual effect, from what I remember. Oh, was it? I thought it was the puppet. Uh, I, I, feel exactly, I can't remember now. I, you know it's so fast and it kind of caught me off guard because i wasn't expecting yeah. to see that i i also thought it was the puppet i thought it was uh, the lot the longer mouth yeah yeah it was the scream more than anything it's like this sort of echoey scream it yeah. kind of jolts him out of bed didn't it but that's kind of what takes you back to me yeah but it worked and it's oh, yeah, just like yeah. with yeah uh, what have we got next? Okay, so we've got another extended scene uh, where Jonathan tells <laughs> Becky he wants to drop out of school and she disagrees with his decision. And you know what? I think this is, I've not written it down, but I think this is the one where they're actually drinking orange juice for the only time in the movie as opposed to wine. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, that, I think you're right. <laughs> well, he needs to drink something because he's hungover. So. Yes, yeah, um, good morning, isn't it? <laughs> but. But from these scenes, it does seem a lot like it was a there was a real focus on 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 Becky and Jonathan, you know. Yeah. Um, if you all of this stuff, if you if you kind of like view it as more of a kind of a horror film, the only real comic relief is during the times where they have the first party and the ritual, you know, near the end, which is not very long. When you when you've got an extra sort of nearly fifteen minutes of stuff, it does kind of change the tone of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, well, it makes them seem like a more of a like a real relationship. Otherwise, it's it, the relationship between them has always seemed a little strange to me. Number one, they're yeah. still in school, but they're nearly like forty five. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I don't know. Like, are they supposed to be married? Are they not married? Uh, there's there's some ambiguity, I think, with their relationship. And having those few little pieces from the uncut version um, added makes them seem more legitimate to me. Oh, definitely. I don't know how old um, Lisa Pelican was when she did this. I know uh, Peter Lapis was 37. <laughs> <laughs> Just a young, young fellow. Um, yeah. I think that she was actually 30 or 31. Okay. 
So, I mean, I mean she could be a graduate of. student. She could be, you know, getting her master's. Maybe she decided to wait. I mean, she, people can do whatever they want when it comes to their education. But I feel like, like they're supposed to be in their early 20s. And that is that does not fly. No, well, perhaps not. Uh, but then again, you know, in, in this era, people did play younger, you know, in movies. It wasn't unheard of. <clears throat> That's absolutely but, um, true. Yeah. I think it says like again, it's another. Sorry, on, Paul. It was like we mentioned on the um on the back of the VHS box on the UK one. It said it was his 18th birthday party, wasn't it? So, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid watching it, I didn't look and I, I don't think I've ever really looked at it and gone, ah, oh, he's well old. I just no, didn't view it like that not because until now, well, not until recent years. But when I was a kid, no. definitely not. Just didn't pick up. Yeah, no, I. When you're seeing it from that perspective as a child, you know, a 17-year-old looks like a 40-year-old. So, you know, <laughs> an older person is an older person when you're that young. So I agree. It's not something that I really picked up on until maybe, I don't know, the past decade where I'm like, that guy looks like my dad. <laughs> but, but do you, yeah, but do you think that when stuff that you watch as a child, uh, in some respects, until it's really like forced down your throat, I don't think you're you're ever kind of aware of it. Uh, what's a good example? So I grew up watching uh, Nightmare on Street Two, Freddy's Revenge, and I never yes. picked up on any of the homosexual stuff at all. No. And I love that movie still. And I don't think had I been told, I'd have never picked up on it either, because no. of watching it as a kid. <laughs> you're probably you're probably right. That's actually a really good example. Um, that is my favorite of the franchise. I love <laughs> okay. that film. Um, and I screened it for Psycho Cinema a few years back. And uh, in my opening, I was letting them know, you know, there is this kind of homoerotic um, aspect to it that people have picked up over the years. And I kind of gave some examples like the <laughs> the board game probe that's in the in the closet and things like that. Yeah. And there were people that were like, I've seen this a million times. I've been watching it since it came out. And I was, you know, in high school and I never, never picked up on that. So, yeah, it's I think we see things with more jaded eyes as we get older. <laughs> Oh, here's a good question then, because this was brought up not too long ago, and um, I think uh, someone on Bloody Disgusting wrote an article about um, the relationship between Mike and Eddie in this movie. Yeah. And uh, they said that there's definitely a homosexual relationship going on there. Um, and I, I, I know there's a shot where um, uh, Scott Thompson gets up and leaves, uh, was it David Dyan, to go get matches. And there's a look. Yep that he gives him when he walks off. And I'm just like, it's just a proper, you know, like I love you bromance kind of look. Did you ever view that relationship in that way? Or is that as an, again, a, just another person's perspective? I think that their relationship is um, such a, a tropey one. Um, you know, you have kind of the stoner buddies in a lot of these kinds of films or even in any kind of 80s film it doesn't have to be a, necessarily a horror film. But that that um, connection and that camaraderie between the stoner friends never comes across to me as romantic. It's just the way that they relate to each other. I love you, man. You know, let's get high kind of thing just feels so so normal in those types of relationships in these movies but if they are romantically involved i love it like i would never have thought that way but i am totally totally into it if they are actually romantically involved and that's why the friend cares so much about him hurting his head and why they're <laughs> they're linked up so much throughout the film like i would love it to be an emotional romantic connection and not just a drug connection they, they, uh, they didn't they didn't sit opposite opposite each other on the table did they at the meal were they next to each other? Oh, oh. shoot. I don't know. 
I think, think they were next to each other. other. You, you, Germany, no, you'd, no, no. Sit, you'd sit opposite your love interest, wouldn't you, I think? I thought they were. Yeah, oh, because, really? uh, yeah, uh, Mike's on the, one side. I know Toad, with... Toad Boy knocks his drink over, doesn't he? And yeah, and he's on the opposite side, so he would sit opposite Mike. Mm. I never knew that was a thing. <laughs> Does that work? Is that what happened with couples? They, they sit opposite thing each other? Couples. You, you've got to sit opposite each other. Surely. I feel like you, you, you do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we just solved, I think we just solved the mystery. <laughs> Okay. Well, Scott Thompson says <laughs> the contrary, but uh, <laughs> I like the fact that it's open to inter- interpretation. That's that's a great, you know, characteristic for a movie to have when you can look at it a different way to someone else and still enjoy it. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the longest, I think, the, the the second longest scene in this whole uh, extended cut is um, uh, when Becky's asleep and uh, Jonathan sneaks out the grimoire from beneath the mattress and begins reading. It's probably not needed. But again, it kind of explains motivation uh, behind the rituals and stuff. I mean, if if, if I was going to remove any scene, it would probably be that one because it's, it does go on a bit. Yeah, and, and like you say, that's another one. I don't know that it necessarily adds that much value to it. It it could be cut and, and not really matter like they did. Um, it does, again, though, establish a little bit of intimacy between them because of their, their verbal exchange and then shows his, you know, his obsession, his need to, you know, he's got his lover right there and, you know, he's shirtless Mm. and there could be other things they're doing. Uh, but instead she goes to sleep and he pulls out the book. So I guess it, it's cool to see that, but I don't, I don't know that it was needed. Uh, what have we got next? Uh, we've got Jonathan. Before Jonathan begins, this isn't really it. This is kind of pointless. <laughs> before Jonathan begins painting on the pentagram on the floor, he uncovers the demonic statue in the basement by removing the sheet. Now you said <laughs> you knew this was uh, like a Satan statue. That's what it always felt like to me. And it's it's always... that you know you see it kind of that giant in the corner. Um, you know, at different parts of the film, which just to me just seems like no one mentions this. Like no one is ever in the house. You know, Rebecca is not in the house putting um, dishes they don't use, like in the basement, like, oh shit, there's a giant Satan statue there. Like that, I might be concerned. Nope, it's cool, whatever. We inherited this house, Satan statue and all. I just thought it was a really cool statue. I, I, I was trying to kind of place it from a, another film maybe. Because the first time obviously we got like a good shot of it when he sort of unveils it mm, that's true it would, wouldn't be surprised if it popped up in another um who what what, what um studio did they shoot this in the basement i forget the name yeah the hammond lumberyard it could have been yeah. something from another one of his productions you never know we'll have to keep an eye out yeah yeah definitely um i can i can also confirm that uh they did sit up sit opposite each other Oh, <laughs> I've just looked at a clip. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Obviously, they, they removed the scene that where they were eating spaghetti like Lady in the Tramp, but uh, yeah, <laughs> for another cut. Um, but no, I, I thought so that's, this, this scene was cool. The, the monster, the, the statue. I, I, I'm sure it's going to be in another film somewhere, possibly a Roger Corman one. But I can't imagine they would have gone to all that effort in a low budget film and just had it on the cutting room floor. I would agree. And, you know, we definitely see things recycled. I mean, uh, Rebecca's necklace, that gorgeous necklace that she wears later in the film shows up on Medusa and yeah. Terravision. 
So oh, I've learned something new. Yeah, I've never noticed that. <laughs> I, so TerraVision is one of my favorites also. And yep. you know, the, the horror host, Medusa, you see her at one point, and she's wearing that kind of sparkly, yeah, yeah. weirdly right. off-center necklace. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, um, where is that in this? Wow, I've never realized it's the same one. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it sure looks the same to me. Right. Excellent. I have to check that out now. <laughs> so I think you know they they're clearly if they're going to recycle a piece of jewelry they're they're certainly going to recycle a giant Satan statue because that's a little <laughs> bit cooler and harder to come by. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the next the next scene is actually one you kind of mentioned earlier uh, to a degree, Phage, when uh, Jonathan, after adding a lock to the cellar door, he uh, forges more stuff. He forges the head of his staff in the fire before the amulet. And, uh, you know, there's more There's more to the creation of these instruments that he's going to use. And, and also, I like the fact that now when he's caught by Rebecca later on, it's such a shock to him because I imagine he thought he'd locked her out. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even really made that connection, but it, <laughs> it would make more <laughs> make sense that he would be shocked by that. Uh, I thought that this was a cool addition to this, to mm. the... Just to, I question that he would have the um, weapon-making skill that he seems to have so easily or that this is actually how you would even do that. But um, I still like the fact that we saw the origin of the amulet. I thought that was particularly really cool. I was hoping that's was the way this, you make things. <clears throat> yeah, I always thought the staff looked a bit strange, like the ends of it. It looks kind of something you'd pick up in spirit halloween or something like that but to actually see him making it it's kind of gives it a bit of legitimacy to me <laughs> do, what do you mean the real... pointy bit at the end yeah yeah like, yeah it just looks like a fake like a halloween one doesn't it but then when you actually see him making it it kind of makes it look a bit real oh sure i think the prop master douglas fox said that it was likely something that was off the shelf yeah, but seeing as you can now clearly see that there are little sort of etchings in it and stuff, I don't. Unless, of course, they added that to an existing prop. I wouldn't right. have thought it was. At least the end of it was off the mm -hmm. shelf. Um, we've got we've got another Wolfgang scene next, where um, Jonathan's at the graveside again, freezing, and yeah. uh, Jonathan Wolfgang <laughs> just looks on from his little shack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's only it was like seven seconds, but yeah. I think it that is again it's needed because you just keep him in the picture. Mm -hmm. And why not? I think, yeah. As, aside from the fact that it's nice to see him, you know, recurring throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think the only other issue that this cut doesn't quite um, explain, and Faye, you might have um, a theory on this, is if <laughs> if if Wolfgang lives at the mansion, but Jonathan's never seen the house. How did he raise Jonathan and vice versa? Have you got any kind of ideas or have you put anything in your head how this could happen? I have I have always thought that he leaves with Jonathan and and they don't grow up on the grounds. Maybe because he needed maybe he was afraid of other people that um that Malcolm, you know, other, other followers of Malcolm would be at the house or be, you know, uh, threatening towards Wolfgang and, and Jonathan. So I've always assumed they flee the grounds 
and they go to, I don't know, like Wisconsin and they live a really quiet life in like Utah Mm. or something like that. (laughs) And then at some point, the, you know, once he turns 18, the transfer of that property would happen. Yeah. 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 I guess I do wonder why he made him sit, you know, maybe he did, maybe Wolfgang didn't want to enter the house again, you know, through whatever's happened. Sure. I mean, I, obviously that tiny shack is much more plush. Um, why would you want to go into the giant mansion? Oh, yeah, with all that religious paraphernalia. Maybe he doesn't like rats. He doesn't like rats either. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here's a, here's a good one. So uh, it's only a 22-second long scene, but Wolfgang asks Becky what Jonathan is doing Yep. Uh, when she's leaving to go to school, presumably, and she responds with, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I don't, well, I don't, I've not seen a huge amount of uh, Jack Nance in anything other than perhaps a razor head and little things here and there. I'm not a, a, like a David Lynch fan. Um, Is this how he approaches roles? Cause he's a very odd, you know, the way he's, the way he, he does it, he's odd. And is he, is he odd in everything? Yes, I I feel that he is. I'm a, a huge David Lynch fan. Um, and I, I feel like Jack Nance is always Jack Nance in pretty much everything I see him in. Yeah, you know, whether it's his role in Twin Peaks or um, when he shows up in Lost Highway briefly, he always seems to be kind of squinting with one eye. Um, uncertain about what he's saying, mm-hmm. maybe drunk. There's kind of always <laughs> that that Wolfgangness, really dramatic. Um, he always seems to be that way. So yeah, I, I think that's just the way he is. <laughs> I think also uh, that that scene kind of sets up Rebecca catching Jonathan doing the ritual because it's her arriving, isn't it? Pretty much because it's it's outside. When she gets out of yeah. the car, yeah. Not talking oh, about. Was she coming house, back but... to the house? Was she? I wasn't sure if she was leaving. Yeah. Or, or um, was well, it shows her at the house, whereas you didn't yeah. see that before, did you? Even... No, no, she no. She kind of just walks in. Um, uh, Faye, do you know uh, the story of how um, Jack Nance's wife died? Uh, his second wife. Uh, the the one who kind of called and said, you know, you need to get back here now. Yes. Like, do you want to tell it? Because I'm sure you'd be great at telling this thing as you're an answer aficionado. Well, I, no, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know what you know, but my understanding of her hmm. death is that she was a um, an adult actress. She is Dick Van Dyke's daughter, I believe. And um, they, uh, she was having some issues, I guess, emotionally, and was at like a lake house or was at some other property and they were having a conversation where he was essentially talking her off the ledge because she was threatening suicide and there's a storm or something that causes the the phone to go out so they contact the police to say hey she's threatening suicide she's not doing too well and the police show up and she's hung herself is that the story that you know yeah <laughs> okay I'm like that's, wow. that's some bad luck there with a uh, weather that's not not great, but you know, um, and not certainly not to make to make light of her death, but you know, he dies in a very strange circumstance as well. Jack Nance mm. died in a really wild way. 
it was uh, I've just heard bar fight. So what? How how was that weird? Um, well, he he gets into some sort of altercation outside of what I think was like a donut shop, but I think it may have been like a bar or maybe the bar was next to the donut shop. But he meets some friends like the next morning to get food and he's all busted up and they're like, dude, are you OK? And he's like, oh, you know, it was probably my fault. Like I, I asked for it. Um, and then he said he had a bit of a headache and he leaves and then they find him dead like two days later because he had been internally bleeding, but he just went home. I'll be fine. Oh, wow. Wow. That's such a shame. Yeah, I know. He could have been squinting and almost drunk looking in so many other movies. (laughs) (laughs) So... Well, okay. The, the best example of that is this probably the longest extra scene in the film at 197 seconds. Wow. Uh, after being caught mid-ritual by Becky, Jonathan goes into the garden to create a wand from a tree branch and has an altercation with Wolfgang, leading Jonathan to kick him out of the mansion grounds. Uh, and for a long time, I thought this was actually a scene that took place at night by the grave. Mm. And that's what people had purported to say. Uh, even Luca had said, I'd shown him a still, and he said, oh, that's, yeah, that's the one where yeah. um, Wolfgang and uh, Jonathan have this altercation. So whether or not that was an alternative one they shot, but this is amazing to see amazing, yeah. such, a, such a long scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was the most exciting of everything that we see was that, um, I mean, I, I did like... Wolfgang speaking to Rebecca even briefly to say, you know, what's going on? What's he doing? Because it Mm. shows that he's still there. It shows that he's aware that Jonathan's going down a path that's not so good. But then having this right there where where they're really confronting each other. And he says, that's not even your voice. You know, what you just said, that wasn't you. Mm. I love that. I wish that was that was actually a part of the film. I think that that, you know, really lends something to the story. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then and then we cut to the library where Jonathan is goaded by his father's voice. Do you remember what he said, Paul? You're normally good with this stuff. <laughs> uh, I don't off the top of my head. Go on, tell me. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't, I don't oh. actually remember. But again, it's one of those things where it just fleshes out the fact that he's being goaded from, yeah, from yeah. Yeah, yeah. beyond the grave, for want of a better term. Yeah. Again, you know, I think it works. I mean, it's only a, a little, a few seconds after that amazing scene with Jack Nance, but uh, mm-hmm. it's another one that they should definitely have kept in, I think. 100%, yeah. And you get, you with... You with... get quite a nice little view of the the, uh, the grounds as well of the mansion when he kind of walks yeah. up to the tree as well. Oh, that yeah, that's true. It was a bit of a yeah. small tree he was cutting it from. I was expecting a bigger branch for his, uh, his one. <laughs> what is that, birch or something? Uh, I don't know. The grounds look nice, though. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. And also, cutting to the library where Jonathan is sitting behind the desk reading and he's got the books everywhere. Yeah. Um, although it's a different shot, it's the same room, obviously, that Becky initially saw the rat at the, right at the beginning in the theatrical mm-hmm. cut. So it's nice mm-hmm. to have another shot of another bit of the room that they, they, they've done up, you know. But what's, what's interesting is because, obviously, Jonathan kicked uh, Wolfgang out, now when he returns at the end of the movie, it means so much more because... He was yeah. gone for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Yes. I think that that really is a, a great contrast. It really let, lends some foundation to the fact that he shows up out of nowhere. You know, he has mm. been banished from the grounds, but he still comes back to save the day. It doesn't feel quite as 
um, exciting to know that he's, he's just been in the shack hanging out this whole time. No, he's gone. Jonathan said, you're out of here. And he still came back because he had this moral uh, obligation, you know, for the greater good or whatever. I think that that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally see it that way. I mean, it'd be nice to see these things in a, in a better quality, but I think, you know, I think the gist is there. You can, you can pick up everything from, from 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 a shoddy old VHS. The last the last little bit again. It's it's what you mentioned earlier. Malcolm proclaims he has returned to the Beelzebub statue in the cellar. So I was going to say, sorry, on, oh, on that what? scene, the the last scene, I thought was quite important as well. Was Grizzle and Greedy Gut being called familiars? Ah, oh, you're right. Didn't mention that because no, we always kind of thought, who are they? Where have they come from? How are they related? You know, to the Ghoulies or or John or uh, Malcolm. But he actually calls them his familiars, doesn't he? In that, yes, yes. Well, the, which is which is what they're named so. after. Yeah. yeah, the old witch trolls. But which is another thing people complain about. They say, "Oh, why they got such stupid names?" Well, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's historical fact, you know. <laughs> and I never thought of them as familiars. I always just viewed them as kind of imps, you know. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I kind of weren't, weren't sure what they who they were or what they were, but that that kind of sums it up a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I love them in mm -hmm. whatever they are. <laughs> so, um, is this a better version of the movie, or a curiosity, or would it work better with a bit of both? You know, what's, I what's... the the movie to me the um, the fact that it is a, a really short runtime. I don't think that adding if you added all of these pieces back into the movie, you're still not going to make the film um, particularly long. And I think that there's yeah. a lot of just little detail that may not seem important if we just discuss it as this one, you know, little bit of a scene. But when you lay it on top of the rest of the story and some of the other pieces that are added, I, I think that it really does add a more complete picture. I, I would say add it all. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I'd agree. I'd agree. Give me and the three a... hours ghoulie cut. Yeah. <laughs> if there's more stuff, I say put it in. Yeah. I mean, definitely. do you think? I mean, it does play like a much more serious film. I mean, do, I don't think Luca had final cut on this thing. I imagine it was probably Charlie Band in there uh, in in the editing room. Do, what uh, do you think he was trying to appeal to a different audience by cutting it down and making it more of a punchy little movie? Perhaps. I mean, may maybe he was thinking, you know, people aren't going to go to a film that's marketed this way and really look for a super in-depth plot, father, son, good versus evil battle. They just want to see, um, you know, Mariska Hagerty, um get called a screamer. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> So, so really, we want we want the uh, what what's what's the um the movie they released like about six times Blade Runner. We want kind of like a few Blade Runner versions of different yeah. um different cuts. <laughs> <laughs> the gore cut. I would buy every single cut. Shout Factory release if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder if well, it was a cost I'm... issue why it was cut down. Why why these scenes were all cut out as well? Because it wasn't film quite expensive or to get it to you know into all the cinemas. Maybe they had to keep uh, it at such a short runtime, just budget-wise. Oh, right. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 
don't know that that those pieces that they cut out really would have added that much more to it to cause that kind of cost concern. But I mean, I have no idea. No. Well, Mist- hopefully, I'll, uh, hopefully we can get this footage out some way. Um, yeah. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, I, I have Charles Dan's phone number. Like we could ask yeah. him. Hey, look, if you can get them to pick up the phone, by all means. No, I don't <laughs> want to. I keep, to it, I keep it on my phone because I was lucky enough to actually have a conversation with him about Puppet Master. But it's not like oh. I would ever like text him like, hey, remember me? Like, hi, I wouldn't do it. But, but I keep it like a trophy on my phone. <laughs> so when, when did you have a conversation with him? Because I know you're not a con goer. No, I am not. I do not like it. Um, uh, In March, I showed Puppet Master in March. And when Mm. we um, uh, were, Alamo was getting all of that set up to to do, he actually contacted Alamo and said, hey, so you guys are going to do Puppet Master. I would love to put together a merch table for you all. And he needed a contact for that. So they turned him over to me. Um, and actually my, my boyfriend was going to handle the merch table for me and we were in the car and his phone rings and David picks up the phone. He was like, Oh yeah. And I can hear the conversation. I can hear the person say, well, this is Charlie band. David (laughs) had no idea who that was. He thought it was just someone (laughs) coordinating the merch table. I literally, my, my, I like, it was like, I was on fire. Like the skin was on fire. And I was like, that's Charlie's band, dude. Like you have no idea who you're talking to. And David was so casual and whatever off the phone. I'm like in tears, like pull over the car, pull over the car. Um, <laughs> so we, I was able to, to speak to him on the phone during that. And then, um, afterwards he wanted to know how people liked the merchandise, if people had anything to say about the film. So he had like a, after the movie call with me, then he was lovely. Wow. That's oh, really nice. It was really nice. It was cool. I was literally, I have a, a ghoulies, um, like a satchel, a a bag that's got a ghoulies print on it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I was this surrealness for me of sitting there with my little ghoulies bag, like (laughs) in my lap talking to Charles band. It was, you know, I could have gotten run over immediately following (laughs) it. It would have been okay. Did, did ghoulies come up or was that not appropriate? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I totally brought it up. And he, he didn't seem to care that much. He, he was more interested in like, you know, what the response was to puppet master. And if I might want to bring like tourist trap or something like that, um, mm. you know, to do more full moon stuff with mm-hmm. psycho cinema. But I was just like, so I really love ghoulies. Like, Hey, do you want, Hey, so what was, Hey, I love ghoulies. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sell much merch? Yeah, we did. We sold a decent amount. He, um, they sent over some like puppet master, um, action figures and a bunch of full moon, like DVDs and some, uh, beanies and things like that. We yep, sold yep. a decent amount of stuff. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. People were pumped. I mean, I don't do that kind of stuff that often. So when yeah. I let people know, Hey, Charles Band actually is sending this over. You know, we should, you should buy it. People were very into it. (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool. So if anyone wants to join Psycho Cinema, is the Facebook group the best option? Yes. Um, The Facebook group is public. um, And 
we do have a decent amount of people that aren't local. So there are a couple um, qualifying questions because of spam and bots and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. One of the questions is, you know, we meet weekly. Is that something you'd be interested in doing? You don't have to do that, of course. Um, it's <laughs> just a cool way to engage with other genre film loving people in a pretty safe and non-judgmental environment. Non-judgmental unless... Um, you say you don't like ghoulies and then you're out of there. <laughs> Third question. <laughs> well, I, I'm happy to be part of the community. And even if I can't make actual showings, you know, it, it's just nice to have that kind of, you know, uh, group to just dip into online. Yeah, it is. It's, it's not so big that, um, you know, it's not like a bloody disgusting or anything like that, where there's tens of thousands of people and comments aren't really mean nothing. I mean, that's a pretty significant amount of actual engagement with people. And, um, and it, it is, it's a nice little happy, friendly environment. Doesn't, doesn't have any drama on it. I don't stand for that. No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a website? I mean, um, is it Winchester, isn't it? Um, yes, Winchester, Virginia. Is there um, a, a website for the actual cinema as well? I forget what it's called. Yes, um, the Alamo Draft House Cinema. That's it. Um, Alamo is a um, is there's a there's quite a few, well, I want to say quite a few. There are a few of them through the United States, but um, ours is based in Winchester. I think the first time I ever heard about the Alamo Draft House theater chain was. Um, to do with people using their phones in the theatres and just being kicked out. And that was the first time I've, I thought, I love this theatre chain. This is great. If you're Thank gonna, you. No nonsense policy. Great, great stuff. And they turned that actually into a PSA in the beginning. Um, you can, I can request that to be shown sometimes as a PSA, but it's literally a woman uh, just profanity-laden, <laughs> voicemail this woman because they kicked her out because she wouldn't get off her phone. And she's like, you guys suck and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's all, and that they turned that voicemail into a PSA. It basically says, you know, we don't give a shit. Stay off your phone. Oh, <laughs> it's a very, it's a very cool company. Very cool. They do a lot of really great stuff and allow me, cause you know, I, I don't work for the Alamo. I just run this film group. Um, and they, you know, allow me to basically do whatever I want. Incredibly supportive, really wonderful. Um, our particular Alamo is is owned by a local family, so it's it's real cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so it's like that's it's franchised. Really cool. Yes, um, there are some corporate owned um, theaters, but uh, there are also franchises. So the one that is here is owned by a family that's from Winchester. So it's it's real cool. Wow. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It means so much to hear from you after following Psycho Cinema on social media for so long. And uh, mm -hmm. it's been great fun speaking about ghoulies with you. I had a really good time. I appreciate you um, letting me come on and, and talking about something that I don't really get to talk about with any detail with, you know, anyone else. So thank you so much. It, uh, actually, as a side note, um, I recently watched the Wolfman's Got Nards documentary. Uh, oh yeah. Now, now, although I'm a big Monster Squad fan, I literally because I was trawling through your IMDb, <laughs> right, and I thought, ah, oh, Faye's been in that. I'll watch it, and 
what I was expecting. There's a there's a portion of the movie at the beginning where um everyone's saying this is the movie that influenced me as a kid, and I'm like, she's gonna pop up and say Ghoulies, she's gonna <laughs> pop up and say Ghoulies, and it didn't happen, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So they filmed that documentary at various different Alamos, mm. and then they closed the documentary's filming at ours. And mm. I was upstairs with them. I was there the entire time they were filming. But I hate being on camera and I hate doing podcasts and I, I hate doing anything. <laughs> it's just not it's just not my strength. I just don't enjoy it. It, it. I always feel like I'm just awful. So I got asked a lot of questions and I basically just kind of melted into the wall. Um, anytime they tried to engage me, I was like, got to go to the bathroom. Um, I just wasn't, I didn't want to be a part of it. Um, the only time they, they got me is a time that was unavoidable. And that was when we were sitting in the front, like doing our little interview and I'm sitting, I'm sitting with, um, Andre and I think it was just Andre and Andy, who is the marketing director for Alamo. That's the only time I'm in it. So they actually showed back up to screen Wolfman's Got Nards. And Andre Gower said, you know, we made sure to put this as an IMDB when we saw that you had an IMDB about for something else dumb that I was in. Um, Mm. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know that it was like a credit to my name (laughs) because I'm in it for literally a blink of a moment. But I would have talked about it. Wonderful seeing your arm and leg. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but it's got its own IMDb credit, that arm and leg. Wow. Hey, yeah, you've got a credit. That's something to be proud of. <laughs> Very exciting. Oh, is it is it this episode where we're um, announcing the winner? How's that going to happen for the competition? Oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> 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 oh god that's all right uh Can you just edit yeah, that a little bit yeah, like, prob- that'll be on the end we could do that on the end obviously we haven't got it in front of us now though, have we because kind of still going isn't it yeah i guess you can add that in as a little clip we could i could just add in and the winner is it, <laughs> before we send it to tj i don't know yeah, i didn't think about that at all um good thinking though that you reminded us about it um <laughs> wow yeah, hang on a minute. Let's, why don't we just look and see who's shared it now, and we'll do it. Do it now. If we say, yeah. yeah. Can you figure out on? If you've got a Facebook, can you figure out who's um one? Um, uh, probably. It must have a list of people who've shared it. So it was from Goodies on Flush, wasn't it? Yeah. But well, it's your post, so it might need to be you. I don't think so, because you're a you're a, there it is. a Admin, what do we call it? Three days ago, it's got twenty seven shares. Right, who's who shared it? Did it tell you? Uh, I'm just clicking on it. The, the, okay, it's loading. It's going a bit slow, but yeah, it is showing me <laughs> slowly. Okay, that's fine because mine would be even slower. You might as well do it. So we've got one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, come on, why is it not loading quicker? Ten, eleven, <laughs> twelve. I'm just checking it shows them so, all. Thirteen. So it's almost like it's um 
it's, it's almost like picking 15, one. It's like drawing it. 15, <laughs> 16. <laughs> how are we going to choose one? Just like... What? Yeah, just pick a number. Between, how, how many are there? 18. Oh, yeah, I can pick a number. As long as it's not just mine or yours. Or, 19. Or I can't see 20, it. I can't see it. So if I pick a number... 20, oh, Vestron shared it three times. Oh, some <laughs> posts may not appear here due to their privacy settings. I guess we don't have to tell people, do we? You're cutting this bit out, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll cut that bit out. So, um, is, they all, is everyone on screen? Yes. Okay. And how many are there? Uh, but yeah, hang about. But, hang about, because if we can't pick me or Little Red Monsters, can we? No. So that's okay. To... If it's if it's you or Little Rubber okay, Monsters, we'll so just... So if I um... count them all, then I'll, get, I'll yeah. say, don't say these numbers, and that's Little Rubber Monsters, yeah? So one, two... Don't say three. Right. Oh, shit, I've got to count them. Hang about. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Don't say fourteen. Right. Sixteen. Don't say seventeen. <laughs> I'm going to keep all 19. this in. <laughs> We've got 20 on here. Three of them are from There's Vestron. 20? Yeah, because it's not okay. showing me the other seven due to their people's privacy settings. Okay. Well, they missed out. Okay. Uh, so how many is there? There's 20, but I guess we'll have to say 27, will we? Or does it matter? No, but just don't give a number. It's going to be... Bear in mind, if you say 18, 19, or 20... That's all the same person. <laughs> if okay. that matters. 18. So let's do 19, 20. Okay, right. So, out of the, everyone who shared the uh, post on the Ghoulies on Flush page and liked the page, etc., all the crap that you needed to do, um, who's at number 11? Wow, hang on. Let me count. Let me count. Let me count. 1, 2, 3, okay. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. We have a winner, Graham. It is well, mm -hmm. Kit Stoker. Oh, Kit. <laughs> <laughs> Kit. He's always involved somewhere, isn't he? <laughs> Congratulations, Kit. Well done. Get in Amazing. contact with us. Send us your address and you get a Ghoulies Wonder 3 uh, Blu-ray collection. High definition. First time ever Ghoulies go to college on high definition. Yeah. And it's a great disc. And that yeah. was a courtesy of NSM Records. So if you didn't win and you still want it, go to Amazon.d and uh, mm -hmm. pick one up because uh, it's worth it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, I bought them all singularly. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, I haven't actually got that really nice box set. It's a nice little set. package. I don't have the nice yeah, box exactly. set, but I've got, I've got the three of them separately. And it's, well, they're all good, but especially for me, parts two of the extra stuff and then Goody's Go to College mm. for the first time ever on a disc on HD. It looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. <laughs> right. Ooh. Ooh. Exciting. Uh, yes. That's what you normally say. You normally say that's really exciting. Yeah, you? we swapped. That should be one of your uh, catchphrases <laughs> on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so got the wonderful Faguera there. Um, uh who is absolutely fantastic, and we're so lucky to have her on the podcast because, as you could tell, she hates doing them. Although you'd never know, she she professes that she hates doing them, but she's always really good on them. Yeah, she's one of those people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I hope you guys really enjoyed that. Um, 
any questions about those scenes, please let us know in the Unflushed Facebook page because I'm still in shock and awe about it, just seeing those new scenes and, you know, fingers crossed, like we said, hopefully someone's going to pick it up for an official release. But yeah, I you heard well, it here yeah, first. I've, I hope so. I mean, obviously we'd love to see these in spick and span 35mm HD, mm. but at the present, I don't think that's going to happen. So just to get these out in any way, shape or yeah. form, is going to be a... Just great to see. And honestly, as much as I'd like to just stick them on YouTube, it deserves more than that, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Even if, you know, someone can edit in those scenes to a, the pristine Blu-ray cut, uh, the, you know, the Blu-ray picture, that I'd take that. Well, that would be the ideal thing, really, just yeah. getting it out on a uh, on Blu-ray, but do it. What they call what they call it when they edit stuff in, like a, comp- a composite, you know? Yeah, okay. is that right? Sounds posh. Composite yeah, cut. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> what they do with the Exodus 3. You know, they put back the sort of the, the video footage into yep. it, you know, yep, to yep. do the uh, the Legion director's cut. I guess kind of what they've done um, with the uh, Friday the 13th. Was it part four of all the uh, uncut gore scenes? Part, like the unfinished part footage? Part two of, on the recent Scream Factory thing. Was it part two, was it? I thought it was part four. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already seen people start to make their own edit of that. Right. By getting a full screen version of it, or indeed a VHS, and cutting them in and doing like a sort of a bootleg edition. Nice. Which is really cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But let's get them out officially first. Yes, please, 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 please. <laughs> it's the ghoulies we all deserve. Uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, where can they find us, Paul? What do, what do people need to do to stay in contact? Ah, they need, you all need to join the Ghoulies Unflushed Facebook group. Very easy to find. You can just Google it or just go on Facebook and type in Ghoulies Unflushed and we are there. Uh, also recommend following Ghoulies Movies on Facebook, uh, along with Little Rev Monsters on Facebook. Uh, and not only Facebook, all these are on Instagram as well, aren't they, Graham? And uh, Ghoulies Unflushed is on Instagram and Twitter, although we don't seem to be doing very well on Twitter. No. <laughs> Tw- Twitter's there, in case you only do Twitter. It's there. It's there. If you have none of these things, um, you can also send us an email uh, via unflushed at yahoo.com. Is that right? Mm. Sounds right to me. Mm. It's just <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Um, who's yeah. next? Who's next week? Next week. Is oh, say next episode. Next episode. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Next episode. Do we have another guest? Oh, we just did it on Friday. <laughs> oh, another very special guest coming on the show. <laughs> very special. Very special guest. Very special guest. Um, the one, the only, Skip Carter from Goody's Go to College, whose real Yank name is Ewan McKenzie. Yes, we'll be yanking away. <laughs> So yeah, again, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> we'll be yanking away our ghoulies. We'll be yanking away over Evan next week. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Good job. There's no video. <laughs> <laughs>